From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm your host, Amanda Icone. So today, we're going to be talking about SALT, and not the kind you put on your french fries. No, we're talking about the acronym that stands for State and Local Income Taxes. Americans long have been able to deduct any taxes they paid to states or counties, local property taxes, on their federal tax returns. But then 2017 happened. That was when Congress passed the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. To pay for this law's big tax cuts, Congress imposed a cap on the amount of SALT tax deductions a person could take. As a result of the cap, people living in high-tax states or states with high property values, or possibly both, they can only deduct some of those state and local taxes, but not all. As it turns out, these high-tax areas are overwhelmingly represented by Democrats. So it's no surprise that some, though not all, Democrats in Congress have been trying to get this cap repealed ever since it was enacted. Leading the charge is Tom Swazi, a Democrat from New York who represents the northwestern part of Long Island. Swazi is a member of the House Ways and Means Committee, and he spoke with Bloomberg Taxes Kostov Basu earlier this week about how the SALT cap hurts his constituents and why he thinks it should be removed. Well, it's had a very negative impact on my constituents and on my state and then other similarly situated uh, progressive blue states. Uh, the impact has been that uh, people are being taxed on taxes they've already paid to their state and local governments, not only their property taxes, but their income taxes as well. Uh, it's actually causing a race to the bottom where people are trying to leave our state, quite frankly, to lower cost states. The reason states are higher cost or lower cost is often related to the services that they provide. For example, New York State has one of the lowest rates of uninsured children, one of the lowest rates of uninsured adults. We have a very highly developed uh, mass transit system that has produced enormous economic benefits for the whole country, quite frankly, and one of the lowest carbon footprints per person of any large city in the United States of America. We have a lot of union members, a lot of union members that uh, their households, because the husband and wife are in unions or one of the members are in a union, are making 120 or 150 or, or even $200,000 in their households. And they're getting very badly hurt uh, by uh, the salt cap. Someone who makes $150,000 in, in New York, especially downstate New York, is very differently situated than somebody making $150,000 in Arkansas or in um, Iowa or in South Dakota or even Florida for that point. Uh, So uh, we don't think the salt cap is fair. We think it is punitive uh, to blue states. uh, And it was done on purpose because there's been an effort to try and uh, make it harder for progressive states to be progressive by the conservatives and the heritage and other think tanks uh, for 40 years. Uh, So it's punitive to us. It's unfair. It's encouraging people to move out of our states. Uh, and uh, we want to get the full SALT deduction back. The plans released by the Biden administration so far do not include a repeal of the cap on the state and local tax deductions. How do you plan to pressure the Biden administration and leaders in Congress uh, to try and repeal the cap? Well, first, I want to make it very clear that I support President Biden. I was the first member of the House of Representatives to publicly endorse him after he announced his candidacy 
Uh, he announced at 7 in the morning. I endorsed him at 7.20 in the morning. I supported the American Rescue Plan, and I support all of his infrastructure and other efforts, jobs plans uh, that are big and bold. And uh, I think it's great for our country to have this agenda of trying to build back better. Uh, but uh, I've been making it clear, along with many of my colleagues, since uh, uh, January and February of this year, that uh, we want to have the salt cap repealed. Uh, and I made it very clear, no salt, no deal. So the Democrats have really slim majorities in Congress right now. What kind of leverage does it give you in negotiating for a repeal of the cap? Well, they, they're going to need every single vote. Um, you know, there's only a six person majority right now. That's three votes go the wrong way. Uh, and you have only Democrats, then you can't get your deal done. Uh, so I think that, uh, when, in, when we first sent a letter to, uh, the president, uh, I led a letter along with other members, uh, of the, um, ways and means committee sent a letter to the president back in February. And we said, listen, we support the American Rescue Plan, but the next big thing you do, you have to include salt. Then we heard big and bold, and we heard about all these plans and the corporate tax rate and everything else. We didn't hear anything about salt. We said, I came out and said, no salt, no deal. Well, then I built a little group of myself and Josh Gottheimer and Bill Pascarell, uh, and we, we went further. And then we got eight people to join us. Well, then we got uh, 17 members of the New York State delegation, 17 of the 19 Democrats in New York State to say they wouldn't hesitate to vote against any plan that didn't include uh, repeal of the salt cap. And then the California delegation sent a similar letter. Uh, then we formed the salt caucus and we got the uh, first day, we got 32 people to sign up and join the salt caucus, uh, both Democrats and Republicans, and many of them from the Ways and Means Committee saying how important this is to them. So I think that we've gotten people's attention. People are willing to negotiate and uh, we're going to have to just over the next month really uh, try and build this coalition to uh, help support the president's plan, but make sure that it also includes uh, the SALT deduction. What other options are you looking at besides an outright repeal, such maybe such as increasing the cap to $20,000? Is that something you'd entertain? Well, there are a lot of people talking about increasing the cap to $20,000 or increasing it to $20,000 per person, which would be $40,000 in a in a married couple's household or increasing it to $100,000 and uh, other people talking about full repeal or maybe graduating it over time till you get the full repeal. I'm pushing for a full repeal. I'm not going to negotiate against myself uh, at this stage of the game. I'm going to keep on pushing for full repeal because I think that's what's needed most because while there are many families that would be tremendously helped and it would be a very big win politically uh, to increase the cap uh, as a policy matter, we don't want to encourage people to move out of our states, regardless of their income, whether they're, they're middle income or whether they're high income. When those folks leave, they leave a hole in our revenues in our state and local governments. And then who's left behind holding the bag but middle income and low income people who either are going to have their taxes increased or they're going to see the services that are so important cut. So for me, as a policy matter, uh, I think that full repeal is the right way to go. I was looking at an estimate by the Tax Policy Center, which says that those making more than $1 million would receive about half the benefit of repealing the cap, and 70% of the benefit would go to those making more than $500,000 a year. Doesn't that make it a little tricky to push for a repeal? It makes it tricky, uh, 
I want to point out that uh, uh, many of the people receiving the benefit are making between $100,000 and $200,000 a year, and there are some of the people most affected by it. But just as importantly, when we pay for this, I've, I've said, listen, we should increase the highest tax rate from 37 back to 39.6. We should think of other ways to collect revenues from uh, high net worth individuals uh, that, that are fair. Uh, I, my issue is not about uh, trying to uh, help wealthy people. They don't need my help. What I'm trying to do is say, I don't want you to find a low tax state so much more attractive than a high tax state that you move away from my state, thereby causing a race to the bottom. Hey, we got to be more like the low tax states where they don't have sewers, where they don't regulate their utilities, where they don't insure children, where they don't have mass transit, where they don't believe in climate change. We don't want our states to become more like that. Are you reaching out to progressive Democrats like Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who has said that a repeal would be a giveaway to the rich to find a middle path? Yes, I have been talking to her, and I've uh, got many progressives that uh, are supporting my existing bill that I have, the, the Salt Deductibility Act, which was introduced back in uh, January with over 110 members have endorsed it, including very progressive members, including from my state, Mondaire Jones and uh, Richie Torres and Jamal Bowman. So, uh, Congressman, uh, any repeal of the cap or any tweaks to the cap uh, would be expensive. How do you propose any changes be paid for? Well, I'm certainly in favor of, as I said, increasing the, the highest tax rate from 37 back to 39.6. And I'm open to any ideas that people want to discuss. Uh, I, I want to see it paid for. I think it's right that it should be paid for. Uh, and I want to see that other things are paid for as well. So, that's going to be all part of the negotiation uh, as we move forward to a final bill as to what's the best way uh, to pay for this and to pay for other elements of the president's uh, jobs and infrastructure plans. So you've been fighting this battle for a few years now. Uh, what have you learned from that? What's your experience been and how does it inform what are you going to do in the next few months? I think that there's a tremendous amount of misinformation out there. Uh, I think that uh, this idea that it's only benefiting rich people is something that we have to counteract. Number one, uh, if you're a nurse and you're married to a, uh, an electrician uh, 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 in my state, uh, your household, you're bringing in $200,000 a year. We think that's good. We think that's a good way to address income inequality, that hardworking people uh, can live a decent life uh, because they are making $150,000 or $200,000 a year, and they have benefits and, and retirement programs. Uh, those people are some of the most vigorous advocates uh, to restore SALT deductibility. Uh, additionally, we see so many people leaving our states, not only individuals, but their businesses that they own as well, or other businesses, because the people that work there uh, don't want to pay the, the higher taxes that they have to pay in places like New York. Uh, when those people leave, as I said before, uh, the people that remain who can't move, don't want to move, are left behind holding the bag where they're going to see either their, uh, their taxes go up or their services cut. So I just need to do a constant job of educating people about the different types of people that are involved, uh, as well as the structural institutional problems that result uh, when you try and chase people out of one state to another state. Secretary Yellen uh, as you at Bloomberg well know, has proposed that there should be a uh, international corporate minimum tax of 21%. Well, what's the theory behind that? 
but we don't want our allies and us to be competing with each other over tax rates. We don't want to have a race to the bottom. Hey, I can give lower taxes because I give lower services. We don't want an international race to the bottom. We don't want to be competing amongst each other on tax rates. We'll compete on other fronts, but we don't want to be competing on tax rates. But we don't want the same thing to happen, be happening domestically. We don't want people leaving uh, our states in the Northeast, for example, or California or Illinois. We don't want people leaving our states to go to the Sun Belt, uh, where there are less services, where there are less taxes. Uh, we want them staying in our communities and supporting our communities and the important programs that we have. It shouldn't be a competition based upon who has a lower tax rate. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York will be crucial to your fight. What kind of interactions have you had with him and what are you hearing from him? Well, of course, he's my senator, as well as being the majority leader. And uh, when I first uh, was engaged in this process uh, and, and helped to pass a bill in December of 2019, uh, I talked with Senator Schumer about this because it wasn't going anywhere in the Senate with Mitch McConnell. And he, he made the point that he couldn't get it done. So June of 2020, he and I did a press conference together and he said, if I'm the majority leader of the Senate, I will make this a priority to restore the state and local tax deduction. Well, come January of 2021, he became the majority leader. And true to his word, uh, he co-sponsored my bill. He, he, he did the exact same companion bill in the Senate on the same day that I did my bill in the House. Uh, so he's uh, encouraging me in this effort and uh, wants to see this happen. Congressman Suozzi, thank you very much for taking the time to join us today. Thanks so much for the opportunity. That was Congressman Tom Suozzi, a Democrat from New York, speaking with Bloomberg Taxes, Kostov Basu. You can find up-to-the-minute news on the latest tax and accounting developments at our website, news.bloombergtax.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergtax.com. And if you have any thoughts about this week's episode, just get in touch with us on Twitter. We use the handle at tax. That's at T-A-X. Talking Tax is produced by David Schultz. Patrick Ambrosio is our editor. And Josh Block is our executive producer. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. From Washington, I'm Amanda Icone. My name is David Schultz, and I'm here to announce On the Merits, a new podcast from Bloomberg Law that brings you everything you need to know about the biggest legal stories of the week, coupled with smart interviews and analysis on a variety of topics, such as the incoming Biden administration's judicial priorities. So I think diversity is is kind of the watchword here. We'll also keep our eyes on the Supreme Court. Now everyone is on Breyer watch. We're all watching to see when or if Justice Breyer is going to step down. You'll hear voices and perspectives from across the legal industry, including reporters and editors, attorneys, legal scholars, general counsel. But lest you think this podcast is all just news you can use, from time to time we stumble on a court docket or legal opinion that, for whatever reason, just piques our interest. And he started this opinion, 224ths of it, Citing the Passchendaele battle is one of the largest battles of World War One. Um, that seems like a strange way to start off an opinion on corporate law. You can download On the Merits wherever you get your podcasts.